Hello, I am Professor Jeremiah McCoy, the monstrous ecologist. I have been asked by the esteemed Jeff Greiner here on the Otome Show to help enlighten his listeners to the various vagaries of villainous flora and fauna vis-a-vis monsters. In these tales from the desk of the monstrous ecologist, I will be digging into various inspirations for the monsters in D&D, both real-world and fictional, as well as the various iterations through the various editions. I will hopefully entertain you with some details you may not know. Maybe it will also give you inspiration in how to use said monsters in your campaign. Now, before we begin, let us take a moment to thank our sponsor, Noble Knight Games. If you are a fellow scholar of the Phantasmagoria found in gaming products, then Noble Knight is for you. They are a brick-and-mortar game store, as well as an online purveyor of game products. They have a large back catalog of game products, as well as new items. The Tome is proud to have them as a sponsor. On to the subject at hand. This episode was inspired by a listener request over on Patreon. There was a request for information on dragon turtles. They are one of the oldest creatures in D&D, dating back to the original white box. But what inspired their creation? What made them interesting to the creators of the game? Well, a definitive comment from the creators is not available, but we can point to some real-world legends and myths that may be the origin. And dragon turtles have some real-world legendary origins, particularly in Eastern Asia. It's hard to show a specific item that the writers of D&D pulled from. It is possible they just saw an image and it stayed in their subconscious. Still, there is some value in looking at the creatures of legend before we look at the game. Much of what I could find in the various areas of... Chinese and East Asian legends and myths is interesting, fascinating even. The black tortoise, for instance, can be found in several modern works about Feng Shui, which describe it as one of the four celestial animals. Deciphering what is actually ancient in that and separating it from uh, modern cultural appropriation or just fiction, can be hard, though. So I'll move on to something a little better documented. Let's take a look at the Bi-Shi, which is a figure of Chinese myth. He is one of the nine sons of the Dragon King. If you are confused by the term Dragon King, understand that there is 35 to 4,500 years of legends in China and East Asia and dragons appear in most of those eras. They tend to blend together, however, so it can be hard to separate them out. In this case, the Dragon King in question is from texts written around the time of the Ming Dynasty. However, the Bishi 
has appeared in Chinese statues and plinths for well over 1,500 years, so it predates the Ming Dynasty and can be found in local examples throughout Eastern Asia, Japan, and elsewhere. It is often seen as a sign of good luck or strength. It was used in statues called steels and was generally reserved for the most prestigious and noble of tombs. Now, let us move to the realm of Dungeons & Dragons. Dragon Turtles first appears as a monster in the original 1974 Dungeons & Dragons rules. I will now quote some text for the third pamphlet in those rules. The monster of the waters, it dwells in large rivers, lakes, or oceans. And they are exceptionally strong, being able to lift any ship upon their back if they happen to come under it. Dragon turtles move nine inches per turn. Dragon turtles can breathe steam in an area like that of the fire of a red dragon. Their number of hit dice range from 11 to 13. It is in all other respects like a dragon, except the dragon turtle cannot fly and moves at three inches per turn on land. Rules were often spare in the original D&D, and there were no modern stat blocks that you would recognize. There are elements of the original dragon's entries that you should know uh, to give this some reference. First, the hit dice listing relates the size of a dragon. 11 to 13 is larger than any dragon listed. So the dragon turtle was intended to be one of the largest creatures in the game. Uh, The breath weapon could be used three times a day with a random chance it would breathe or bite. Now, by the time we get to the first edition Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Monster Manual, things are a little more organized. There is a separate stat block for dragon turtles. Again, a brief quote from the text. Perhaps the most feared of water creatures is the dragon turtle. They are found in very large rivers and lakes as well as in the sea. Its thick shell makes it nearly impossible to harm. That quote mentions large rivers and lakes, and it's interesting that it gets mentioned in most editions. This is not strictly a sea monster, though it may get used that way more often than not. The alignment is neutral. Um, The important thing to consider here is the stats establish this as a big threat in first edition. It is tempting to underestimate dragon turtles because they are not as famous as their true dragon cousins or a beholder or various infernal entities. However, in this edition, the monster's hit dice range from 12 to 14. At largest scales, these creatures had greater armor class than most dragons, and more hit points. They, in fact, had more hit points than most demons, for that matter. Their breath weapon is turning out more damage than most other dragons. Only a few would average a couple of points more. Their bite attack was more powerful than all the other dragon types, except for Bahamut, and Tiamat. 
While the Dragon Turtle lacks the possible spell casting options, they are still frighteningly powerful in first edition. In the second edition, Monster Manual, the Dragon Turtle is further defined. The size of the turtle shell is 30 feet in diameter. We are given a picture of their favorite tactic of swimming deep, waiting for ships to sail into their territory, and then attacking. When the ship is directly overhead, they crash upwards to capsize it. There is a chance of this working, depending on the size of the ship. If the ship is too large, the dragon turtle will just begin attacking the ship with bite attacks, and then move on to its steam breath attack. They are solitary hunters, and generally seem to be selfish, but not evil. The art at this point makes an attempt to make them appear more like a natural turtle than a dragon, but the stats remain similar to the ones in previous editions. The dragon turtle is more physically powerful than most true dragons in their young to adult forms. The lack of spellcasting is a more pronounced difference in this edition, as dragons in 2nd edition get more magical abilities. They also get more varieties. They introduce the idea that they get more power with age uh, and therefore become more of a threat once they pass beyond the adulthood range. It is nodded to slightly in first edition, but there is more emphasis on older dragons getting more power in this edition. That said, dragon turtles are a tremendous threat, putting out more of a challenge for characters in their later careers, uh, maybe level 15 or so. And dragon turtles are not for the faint of heart. It is worth noting that they also detail what you get for harvesting their shells for certain items. They made for extra strong armor or shields, and it would greatly improve your chances to save against fire or steam attacks. Now, third edition is largely the same creature. The biggest difference is power level. The Dragon Turtle, in other editions, was a fight for fairly high-level characters. Third edition introduced a mid-level monster version. This less powerful version is also smaller, by about a third to half the size of the uh, previous edition. They do introduce sets for larger versions as well, uh, the more powerful versions exist, but they start at a lower level. Now, here's an odd bit. Fourth edition did not have a version of Dragon Turtles. I could not find a fourth edition version of Dragon Turtles in any published title that I could find. This seems an odd omission. Fourth edition is often about grand cinematic fights with colorful powers and abilities. Fighting a giant turtle sounds like it would be a good match, but a few other things may be factors and why it was not included. Movement and miniatures were a big focus of fourth edition, and monsters that are 30 feet across are awfully hard to represent in miniature. 
truly gargantuan creatures were not often shown in 4th edition, and that is probably due to that change in focus. Let us move on to the current edition. In our most recent edition, they are placed at challenge rating 17. The description and the stats are largely in keeping with previous editions. They are listed as the largest of monster sizes. They are largely uh, a challenge to beat down, rather than a monster with many tricky abilities or tricks to play on the players. They are described as traveling to other planes, and some of them as being even larger than the normal scale shown in the book. The artwork is also returned to the appearance as a normal turtle, just larger. There are no legendary or lair-based elements, and not much guidance for their use. Dragon turtles are deceptive, greedy, and territorial. They can be bribed. They are intelligent. Their territory, for most people, is an endless expanse of water. But they live below that water. They are gargantuan creatures at their smallest. They are enormous beasts living in the depths of the sea. In most campaign worlds, the sea covers more of the world than the land. It's an environment alien to most adventuring parties, so they may not appreciate the depths that exist there. A dragon turtle could have an undersea cave half a mile down from the surface. They do still appreciate treasure, so they could have it littering around their lair. That uh, cave, however, would have to be rather enormous. It might even just be an undersea trench. It is also said that they can enter into other planes, planes of water. So their lair may actually be a gate to one of those. Unlike large turtles, dragon turtles are able to stay underwater perpetually. They do not need to rise and take a breath but do so if they wish. There is no waiting them out. They will sometimes team with other undersea denizens if there is a profit in it for them. They are not social per se, but they can and do speak. They will form partnerships to protect their domain. They are not actively evil, however. Dragon turtles are indifferent to land dwellers and their morals. A dragon turtle is not cruel or vicious. They have no plans for conquest. They do not generally seek revenge for slights. They rule a domain and guard it jealously. But they don't seek conflict with surface dwellers. If you find yourself attacked by dragon turtles, it is likely you are in or near their domain. On board a ship, you will likely not see them when they are near the surface. They are often confused with the reflection off the water. They lurk deep beneath the surface sometimes and may try and capsize the boat with their sheer mass. There was a chance for that in previous editions, but the current edition doesn't include specific rules for it. 
but a skillful DM may use that idea anyway. Once they do attack, they have powerful bites. They have claw attacks. They have tail lashing abilities. They also have a breath weapon. That breath is a superheated stream of steam. This is treated like fire for resistance purposes and the like. However, you cannot get benefit for being underwater, like you might if it were a fire spell. Unfortunately, for the would-be slayers of this creature, they do not really seem to have much in the way of weaknesses. They are very tough, taking lots of damage before you can really hurt them. If they feel the fight is going poorly, they can retreat beneath the surface. They can see in the dark quite well, so they will see you coming in the murky depths of the sea. The good news is they do not fly, like their true dragon cousins, and they move very slowly on land. You could conceivably escape them. Also, the lack of magical abilities, like the true dragons, means that they're not going to be throwing spells after you if you try and get away from them. Uh, they are challenging to fight, but the challenge is relatively straightforward. They are sometimes hunted for their shells. In previous editions, this was described in more detail. Uh, beyond their shell, if you can reach their lair, it does, in fact, have a horde like any other dragon. However, as a scholar, I must advise you against such activities. The risk is tremendous, and the profit is not likely worth the effort. There are better ways to spend your time. Might I suggest reading a book or two? Well, this was our analysis and exposition of the Dragon Turtle. Hopefully I gave you something new or interesting about these majestic beasts. Their scale and storied history make them excellent additions to any mid- to high-level campaign. Thank you for listening to The Monstrous Ecologist. Please check out The Tome Show and shop at its various affiliate links. You can also help the show by visiting The Tome Show Patreon listed in the show notes. This has been Jeremiah McCoy. Thank you for listening. <laughs>